Welcome to the latest edition of Good Returns TV. Uh, it's my real pleasure for our first interview today to have the new Chief Executive, or the first Chief Executive of Financial Advice New Zealand, Katrina Shanks. Welcome, Katrina. Thank Thanks you. Thank you for on. having me. Yeah, no, it's good to have you here. Tell me, um, tell me a little bit about um, what attracted you to joining Financial Advice New Zealand. Gosh, there are numerous reasons why um, I was really attract attracted. I suppose the first one was I've always had a sense of um, service to the public and making a difference in people's lives. And I believe financial advisors do that every single day when they work with a client, and they work with a customer, and they help them on their path of financial wealth, um, financial health, and giving them a sense of what that value of financial advice can do for them in their lives. So that was the first thing that was really important to me was helping other people, and that's what um, this organisation does by supporting financial advisors. The second one was the opportunity to make a real difference. And so obviously this is a new organisation, it's mm. modern, bright, shiny, relevant, vibrant, and that's really exciting to have that opportunity to mould something and to make a real difference in the lives of New Zealanders, but also in financial advisors' lives mm. by supporting them with some really good skills and a basis to move forward in the industry. Yeah. So was, was sort of building the association one of the major attractions or was it around um, promoting the financial advice side of things? Well, it was actually the three pillars which are in the, which are in the constitution for the association. So obviously there's promotion, mm -hmm. which is reaching out to the public so they understand the value of advice. And then there's advocacy, ensuring that the framework which financial advisors work in and which consumers are in is fit for purpose, so being able to reach out to the decision makers and policy makers and ensure that framework's correct. And the third one is standards, ensuring that when people do get financial advice, customers get financial advice from financial advisors who are part of Financial Advice New Zealand, they know there's a standard in place and they're getting quality advice. So with the advocacy function, you know, you've got your role as being a former MP. That's um, right. Is How much of a help is that in a role like this? Oh, it's significant. Significant because I understand what influences policy and decision makers, what that process looks like, the different levers you can pull and push to make that difference, and also how the legislative process works. So at what point do you need to be involved in the consultation? At what point do you talk to your ministers, mm. you talk to MPs, you talk to select committee, and how can you influence those outcomes so it's a better outcome for everybody? Because politicians don't always get it right, as we know. Ah, well, we're having a review of the laws already. <laughs> already, that's uh, yeah. absolutely um, right. But when it comes down to the advocacy side of things, you know, and, and I think we've seen in the last couple of years, you can either take an approach of trying to work with the regulators and, and, and the officials, or, or you can be quite vocal and, and pointing out what's wrong. Where do you see this role fitting in those two, two ways of approaching advocacy? Well, I believe that you should work with decision and policy makers as much as you can. And if there comes to a point where you've got to go your different ways because you can't agree and, and the outcomes you believe are, are wrong, mm then you'd need to stand firm with that and, and stand true to what you believe. Mm. But I think you get best outcomes when you work with people mm. as opposed to against people. So if something's people. happening and you don't agree with it, you'll, you'll tell them? Absolutely right, yeah. we'll tell them. But there's different ways you can tell them. Mm. You can tell them within committees. That's why it's really important that you get at the table with mm -hmm. decisions and policy makers mm -hmm. and not running beside the table. So being at the right place at the right time is really important to ensure that you can influence when that policy has been made. Code Working Group, obviously a, a big talking point at the moment and there's been a lot of uh, angst, I think, that you know the representation on the group hasn't been 
uh, that balanced and have a lot of practitioners. Have you got an answer, a, a solution of how that could be fixed? Yeah, well, I've heard that as well, actually. So last week I wrote to the Minister, Chris Farfoy, and asked him if we could meet with him to consider going on that code working group as Financial Advice New Zealand. So we're representative of the other end of town, which is where the criticism, criticism mm. has been. And have you heard back yet? No, but we are waiting, and yeah. I'm sure we will get that meeting um, in the near future. Mm. Okay. And so with the new body, so FANS, as a lot of people call it, but Financial Advice Vice New Zealand. Zealand. That's right. Um, <clears throat> how would you describe you know, the unique selling proposition, if you like, around the organisation and why advisors should join it? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. I think that you have a much louder voice if you have a collective mm -hmm. and I think when you have a collective you have a better ability to influence policy but also write policy mm -hmm. so the more variety of opinions you've got um, the richer the information is and the knowledge is that you've got so I think being part of a movement which can influence those policy and decision makers is really important so you've got a voice because individually it's very hard to have that loud mm -hmm. voice but collectively, collectively you can get great outcomes mm -hmm. And I think the other really big thing for financial advisors, and I've been to a lot of meetings around New Zealand, and I've only been here three weeks next week, <laughs> so I've been to a lot of meetings around New Zealand already listening to what advisors are saying. And one of the most important things to them is reaching out to the public and the consumer so the public and consumer can understand the value of advice mm -hmm. and go and seek that advice at certain times in their life when it's really relevant to them. Mm -hmm. So also being part of an organisation which is going to reach out to the public and educate the public on what that value of advice looks like. So on that point, you know, is, is, is the association more of a sort of a professional body for advisors or is it more of a, a body for the public and being out there and promoting advice? Well, it's both actually. Mm -hmm. they, go, they actually complement each other. Mm -hmm. So you're there for the advisors to allow them to be able to reach out to the consumer in a relevant, modern, vibrant way. But you're there for the consumer so they can understand what that value of advice is and what that quality of advice looks like as well. Because that other third pillar of Financial Advice New Zealand is about quality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and, and which brings us to the, the, the QSM. It's like everyone's going to be knighted or something, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed, the quality service mark. <laughs> yeah, the quality service mark. So how is progress with um, developing that coming along? Well, it's still been developed. Obviously, there are, we know there's six elements um, to the quality service mark mm -hmm. and that there are certain assessments which are going to take place and you're going to need to have a certain amount of experience and uh, professional development and although in a professional promise, there are, there are those elements to mm -hmm. it. But I think that it won't quite be complete until the code is complete because mm -hmm. kind of, we're going to ensure that we align with the code and we also align with regulation and because com compliance of regulation is one of our elements as well. Mm. So until those are bedded down, we can't quite bed down a quality service mark. So the question I often hear from advisors <coughs> is why do you need a quality service mark when you are going to have the code and you've got the FMA sitting there regulating advisors and, and this new legislation which is going through. So that's, what's the purpose? That's a good question. And I think the purpose is that we're, we're going to reach above what the regulation is. So we're saying regulation is the base, the very bare minimum that you'll need. What we want to do is reach above that and say, if you come to a Financial Advice New Zealand advisor, mm. we are above the base bar that there is in legislation. So what sort of things will put them above the bar? Um, things like the level of professional development you'll have to do, mm -hmm. um, the experience that you'll have to have, the referees that you'll have to provide, mm -hmm. the review of case studies that may happen. So who will the, do that? The, we're still working through that yeah. at the moment. Um, the professional promise which you will give. 
So there are a few elements in there which sit above the, the regulation. And the purpose of the QSM isn't to put more regulation or more compliance on the financial advisors. They are designed to be dovetailed together. So if you reach the quality service mark, you would have reached all the compliance that you'll need for regulation as well. So in effect, what we'd like to do over time is go to the regulators, and I met with the FMA a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about if the quality service mark works how we think it's going to work, then they may say, actually, we don't need to do as many audit on, audits on the members of Financial Advice New Zealand because we know you've already reached that mark with your members. So, so will the quality service mark then become sort of like um, the level they have to achieve and you'll, you'll become like a quasi-regulator? No, not at all. So what we're sh ensuring is that that... Financial Advice New Zealand members won't have to do two lots of work, basically. Mm. So if you've met Financial Advice New Zealand standards mm -hmm. and the quality service mark, you've met the regulator's minimum, minimum. mark as well. Yeah. So therefore, you'll be no double work doing, and we won't be doing it on behalf of the regulator. It's the reverse in effect. Our quality is recognised by the regulator. They're not driving mm. us. So... <coughs> Excuse me. So, but you could be—you'd like to get to the stage where the regulator would look at Financial Advice New Zealand doing some of the work that it will have to do. No, no. Yes no. and no. There's yes a yes and no, and no in that. <laughs> so, yes, I suppose if you were to take that on face value, yes. But no, in terms of we're not doing the work for them. We're doing the work. So it's the work that we believe mm -hmm. will give the public confidence because we have a certain quality service mark in place. So for us, us, it's about building confidence with the public as well. So they've got trust in financial advice when we give it to them. So will there be any level in there where um, there's sort of, you know, I guess I'll call it punishment, a complaints, a disciplinary, disciplinary is the word I'm looking for, um, element to it? So there will be, as a Financial Advice New Zealand will have a, a disciplinary um, arm to it, of course, mm. like every um, professional organisation does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, so that will be separate to like you know, what we have with the FADC now. Um, I'm not across that, so I can't quite comment yeah, on that. Yeah, so yeah, sorry. Okay, no, no. Yeah. So just sticking with sort of qualifications and standards, you know, um, some people sort of think that you know they'll join the association because it has the rights to the CFP mark, and others are saying, well, maybe someone else should have that. If a CFP guys went out there and said, oh, we want to have our own association, what would your thoughts be on that? Well, once again, they complement each other. They're not, they mm. not competing with mm. each other. It's a different qualification, which is internationally recognised yeah. yet again. Mm. And I think those quality marks are really important for those that have got them. And obviously, you know, part of being part of Financial Advice New Zealand and us having the licence is that we promote them as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not competing with each other. It's yeah. complementing each other. <coughs> so well, would the association actively promote CFPs? Yes. And, and how that dovetails in with your QSM is going to be interesting as well I guess. Well actually what I think is it's just it's more of promoting quality advice to New mm -hmm, Zealanders mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and as we know not a lot of New Zealanders get quality um, or get financial advice really yep. so we've got to, uh, to reach out a lot further than what we have to ensure that New Zealanders will recognise um, what quality advice looks like mm -hmm. and the more qualifications in that space the better as far as I'm concerned we're not competing we're complementing <coughs> each other. So how many advisors do you have to get to, memberships do you have to get to to be sort of critical mass? What do you think that number should be? <laughs> I'm the one asking the questions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, I don't know. Um, 
that's going to come down to finances, isn't it? So off of today, we've reached over 1,300. So have signed up? That have signed up, that's which is good. called onboarding. We mm -hmm. obviously don't start till the 1st of July, but they've made the which commitment. Which far away. Which is the end of this week. Yeah. So they've made the commitment already, and we're, we're well past 1,300. And 50 maybe, yeah. So we're, we're, on, a, we're on the road um, to having critical mass already, which is really exciting for the organisation. And so those are all people from the IFA, the PAA and the, the New Zealand Advisors Association? <laughs> that was close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's I, right. I knew I was close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, major, the large majority of them would have onboarded? So the three um, organisations collective have a membership of 1,800, well just under 1,870, so 80 about, something. Yeah, so you're about 400. Yeah, yeah. so we're two-thirds of the way there to those which were already um, a member. Mm -hmm. What we're just about to open up on the 1st of July of those who weren't members mm. of either of those organisations to be able to join Financial Advice New Zealand. Mm. And we've had a lot of queries already and people are interested in coming on this journey. I think it's a really exciting journey and I, you know, I think it's well worth coming on board. The, the advice industry is made up of, I call them, three verticals, you know, there's mortgages, life insurance right. and, and investment and they've all often had different... And financial planning. And yeah. financial planning, there's yes. Four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and they've often had quite different sort of um, agendas or outcomes of what they want and they haven't necessarily worked that well together. How do you bring them all together and get them on board? Well, I think there's a couple of things in there. I think as a membership-based organisation, you have to recognise every different discipline within your organisation mm -hmm. and ensure that you've got a value proposition for them to be a member. Mm -hmm. Without a value proposition, there is no, no reason to be a member. Mm -hmm. So that's my job, mm -hmm. to ensure that there's a value proposition for every single member, whether they're a, a mortgage broker, an insurance broker, whether they're big or they're small, it doesn't matter everybody should have a value proposition for belonging to Financial Advice mm. New Zealand. But I think overall we've got the same common goal mm. and that's to reach out to the public, get the public to understand what the value of advice is and then take them on that journey and build that public confidence. Mm. Oh, it's going to be a, an, an interesting uh, journey and, and I wish you the best. Well, I think it's yeah. exciting. Oh, it's very yeah. exciting, yes. <laughs> yeah. so thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. <laughs>